Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. We're going to end up in Matthew chapter 18, but I want to look at a few verses as we move along tonight. Uh, somewhat of a Bible study. Uh, I want to deal with the thought of offenses. And that's the thought that, you know, it is a, a doctrinal issue. Uh, how that we're to deal with offenses according to Scripture. And one thing that I, I feel like is very important to point out is that Jesus said all the law and the prophets hang on two things. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and strength. And to love thy neighbor as thyself. And so if we can keep that in mind, to love, to love, that is always our, our, our beacon, so to speak. That's the motivation behind what a child of God does, no matter what we do. If, if a preacher stands in a pulpit and he has to rebuke a church, he's to do that with love. You don't do it because of you know you're a dictator. You don't do it because you're angry at what the church is doing. You do it because God has given you a message and you are to rebuke in love. Paul made that quite clear even when he rebuked uh, those in written letters that he did it out of love. It was not out of anger or trying to bully in any type of way. I feel like uh, there's been times when the thought of offenses and how maybe a church deals with offenses, it's almost become, it, it, it got to a place where it was handled in a business-like manner and just kind of let's check off a list and the thought of love and restoration has been left out often. And so tonight I want to deal with that thought, the thought of offenses. If I am offended by you, that means you have caused me anger or resentment or displeasure or affront in some type of way. If I have offended you, I have caused you the same thing. I've angered you in some, some way. You know, sometimes you can do that and not even know it. You can say something to someone, and some people, uh, they handle things differently than others. Some people, you can say something and it hurts their feelings very bad. And because of that, they're offended. And other people, you can say the exact same thing to and they'll laugh it off and it never affects them at all. And so we have to be very careful, even with our words, we have to be very careful with, with how we treat others and pay attention to how it affects others. Because we don't want to be an offense. How many times have we prayed, Lord, help us to be stepping stones and not stumbling blocks? That is not just a saying that sounds real cool. That is the truth. As the church, we don't ever want to be an offense. We want to help others. We want to be stepping stones, not stumbling blocks for others. So uh, whenever you think about offense, that, that means I've angered someone. But spiritual offense is when Something has been done that might hinder another spiritually. It's not just why well, you made some wise crack about my weight or something. It, it's beyond that. It, it is a spiritual offense. Something has been done that has caused me an offense in a spiritual nature. So if you look at Matthew 16, Peter begins a what I'm going to say a string of offenses that I want to kind of look at, three or four different ones. Uh, but in verse 22, Matthew 16, Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. 
But he turned and said, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So Peter acted out of emotion and, and, and really an affection for Jesus. He says, no Lord, you're not going to do this. You're not, basically saying you're not going to the cross. You're, you're not going to, we're not going to let you be crucified. And he had missed the message that Jesus had been preaching to them. And so he's not thinking about the will of God. He's not thinking about how his words affect the will of God here. He's thinking about what Peter wants. And because he does, he acts out. I'm going to tell you something. That is very human. So let's don't point fingers at Peter for what he done. Because it's very, very easy to do that. And so we can be an offense a lot of times probably more often than we would want to admit. We've probably been an offense probably many times and not even realize it. We have been an offense to someone. But here he's been an offense and Jesus even calls it out. He said, and, and notice that too. He, Jesus handles that immediately. He doesn't let it simmer and turn into malice and you know, he can go home and, and waller in anger and, you know, for three or four nights. He handles it immediately. That's how we're to deal with offenses. We're to deal with it immediately. Don't let it simmer. Don't, don't sit there and build it up and think about, well, I remember the other three or four times he offended me as well and I didn't say anything and, and, and it's just it's kind of building up and now I'm angry and I'm ready to go lash out. Malice, we, we don't want that. And so Peter handles it right then and there. Get thee behind me, Satan. Dart an offense to me. And he lets him know why. Because you're not thinking spiritually. You're not seeking the will of God here. You're seeking your own will. And that no doubt was a help to Peter. I'm sure he didn't like it then and there. But it was a correction and it was done with love. I almost said it was rebuke. But it was done with love to show Peter that you are not seeing the big picture here. You're not seeing what you need to see. Okay, so in chapter 17. We'll begin reading with verse 1. After six days, Jesus talketh, or takes Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So now Peter has said something that God from heaven speaks out and corrects him. He lets him know that you do not compare anybody with Jesus. You have to keep Jesus as the forefront. Don't, don't let anything else in your mind compare with the Lord. So no doubt it's an offense and it's corrected. And it's corrected immediately. It's taken care of right then so that it does not fester. So that he, he, doesn't, he don't carry this on throughout his life. 
whenever we begin to put other things equal with God, um, that is quite an offense. It, it is something that needs to be dealt with. We, we always need to give God His rightful place. A lack of faith uh, is something that we, it needs to be addressed. And so the Lord addresses it here. Now, it's, an, it's always an offense to fail to bring Jesus glory. A lot of times we think, what's an offense? What's a church offense? And you know, we name off this, that, and the other. Uh, and we say these four, five, six things, these are church offenses. But anytime we fail to bring God glory, we have offended. And so it is to be corrected. We're to correct it within ourselves, and if need be, to correct it with one another, because that's why we're here as the church. We're here to provoke one another to love and to good works. We're, we're to encourage one another. So chapter 17, verse 19. Let's jump on down a little bit more. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? They tried to cast out devils. They weren't able to do it with this particular one. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So, again, here they are, and they, by now they should, they, they should be doing things right. <laughs> they should be faithful. They, they should be men of great faith, but... Again, the Lord is saying, how could you not do this? It's because of your unbelief. You still don't believe. But He doesn't run them out of town. He don't say, you know, get out of here. I don't want to have any more, no, no part with you anymore because you're just useless. He just corrects them. See, a lack of faith had the Lord exhorting them once again. Now, these things that I've read to you so far, they, they kind of fit a scale that God gave preachers. He said, you know, a preacher is to uh, rebuke and to exhort and to uh, we're to lift up and encourage him. Uh, I believe we all, that's how we're supposed to handle life. You know, that's how we're to deal with offenses is there's kind of a scale here all the way from exhortation all the way to rebuke. All done out of love. I don't say, you know, I exhort you because I love you, but I rebuke you because you've made me angry. It's all the same. All done to a point oh, that it's not about, it's, it's not business. It's not, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to put you in your place. It is simply, I love you. I want you to do better. I want to encourage you to do better. This cannot be. Right here, you're an offense and you can't do this because we are to want the will of God and not our own will. And so, these f disciples have failed and the Lord just said, I want to point you in the right direction. That's what we're to do with offenses. I, I just want to point you in the right direction. I want to get you back on track. So look at, ver, uh, look at chapter 18, verse 7. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offenses cometh. 
Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always before the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them go astray? Doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So he's still, all this, he's still talking about offenses here. He's still talking about that lost sheep. And, and, and he said, well, we can't offend them in any way. Let's, let's seek not to offend them. Verse 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou shalt gain thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together, in my name there am I in the midst. Then came Peter unto him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. We'll cease reading with these verses. And I know that's a lot of reading. I told you more of a Bible study tonight. I feel like just getting the Word of God is, is good that we see that God is... Offenses concern Him. And it is something that should concern us. He says, woe because of... Stop. Take heed. Because of offenses. He said, they must needs come. So... We shouldn't think we're going to go through life and never see offenses. They're coming. Shouldn't go through life and think I'm never going to offend. I probably will. I know I have along the way. And so he said, whoa, because of offenses. He said, but they, but they must needs come. There's a reason that God allows offenses. Uh, offenses test us. They try us. As a church, we, we need to come up against offenses from time to time so that we can uh, look to the Lord, put Him first. He said, but woe unto the man that, that, that offends. Woe unto him. How serious is it? He said, well, if a hand, if a foot, if an eye offend thee, he said, get rid of it. That's a very... That's a very visual picture 
Well, Joy, when you think of that, he's saying if, if your hand is offensive to you, cut it off and cast it away because it would be better for you to go on through life without it than to allow that to offend you. If you've got a foot, if you've got an eye, he said, pluck it out. Now, I mean, almost turn your stomach to think about. And the Lord is very serious. He said, if it's an offense, if it's causing you to be spiritually offended, then it would be better to do without it. Now, I think there's a lot of things we could do before we went to that extreme. If there's something that you have that is an offense to you, and you can't overcome it, it'd be better to get rid of it. I think about it, you know, these telephones, and it, it almost looks like we're a slave to them anyway, but if we get to a point where this thing is offending me to, to, to a degree that I cannot spiritually grow and I, I can't spiritually be what I need to be, it would be better to throw the thing away than to let it offend me. And continue to offend. You think about something like a job. And if that job, if I go to that job every day and I go and every day I'm offended and every day it is causing me to go in a direction I don't need to go and I cannot overcome that, it would be better to give that job up and find somewhere else to go than to continue to let that offend me. It's just that serious. Why? Because hell is real. And hell is serious so serious, it would be better to enter into life without one of your hands than to let it cast you or someone else into hell. A lot of times we think, well, I'm saved now. I'm not going to hell. He's not just talking about you. He's not just talking about it offending you. He's talking about the fact that those around us can be offended by us and so we don't want to offend them. Don't want to. Hell is a serious place. If my gospel's hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So if I cannot control, and first what we need to understand is this, you are to add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and the knowledge temperance. Temperance will help you, like Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to look on me. That's temperance. But now, if every time you turn around, and my eyes are looking in direction he don't need to look, and, and, and it's hindering him, and uh, spiritually he's getting in trouble, it would be better to get rid of the eye. But before we do that, Brother Jake, we, we need to understand that just add temperance to our lives. Learn to tell ourselves no and mean it, or yes and mean it. Learn those things. So he reminds us. That the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He went to great lengths. How important was it to make sure people stayed out of hell for Jesus? They crucified Him. He didn't just cut off a hand, did he? He laid His hand down and let them put nails through it. Important to Him, laid them feet down and let them drive nails through His feet. That's how important lost souls are 
to the Lord. And as a child of God, that's how important it ought to be to us. He reminds us of that in this study. He reminds us there that He leads the 99 to go look for one. And whenever He gets that one, He rejoices over that one. More than the 99 that's safe in the fold, He rejoices over that lost sinner. He went to great lengths to forgive me. I hear people talk about, I can't forgive this, I can't forgive that. We can. For Christ's sake, we can. We can forgive. Now, he he goes on and he talks about brother offended brother. So first, Peter offended Jesus and Jesus rebukes him. And then also, he, he does a few things and he is exhorted along the way. But in that, Jesus never stopped loving him. That nothing about what Jesus did sounded like business. It was simply love. He loved him. Peter, right now you're not thinking what you ought to be thinking. You're not suffering the things of God. You're suffering the things of Peter. That's not right. So he calls it out so that Peter can correct that. This must have been hard for Peter though to grasp. Because I find, and I read it the way we did tonight, we went through and I showed you three or four different times that Peter has done something and the Lord has kind of scolded him a little bit. And And so Peter gets to this point and he says, Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? He's already counted it up. Lord, you've forgiven me quite a few times here recently. How, how often should I forgive somebody? Seven times? Does that sound reasonable, Lord? That I, If somebody has wronged me, that I forgive them and I forgive them? Boy, that's, I'm really on the roll here. I mean, I've gone past three times. I mean, we're not talking about five times. Seven times. That's an awful lot to forgive somebody or something. The Lord said, I say to thee, 70 times seven. I'm not real good at math. I believe that's 490 times. Let's go a little bit further. I believe what the Lord's saying here is don't even put a number on it. Just forgive them. And He tells him, look, do it privately. Just you and Him. If I've offended somebody, here's what I don't need. I don't need you that is offended by me to go to somebody else and tell them how bad I've offended you. And let that person go to somebody else and tell them how bad that Brother Brad offended Brother so-and-so or Sister so-and-so. And again, I, there, we do not have a problem. To my knowledge, we don't have a problem with that here at Clear Branch. But I just, you know, this is one of those things that needs to be nailed down even for the next generation coming up because these are some things that maybe are slipping away. And, and we need to understand, be big enough, be Christian enough, be Christ-like. And be Christ-like. Brother Brad is offended. You just come and tell me. And let's see if we can resolve it. 
let's see if we can get that fixed. And, and if you have offended me, I don't need to go and, and try to find out who all's on my side in this because so-and-so has done me wrong and so I've got to find out who's on my side. Boy, that causes trouble. When the Lord said, you can just go talk to them. If they've offended you, just go between you and them alone and talk to them. And then if, if they will not hear that, because sometimes, look, there's been times I went and talked to somebody and they just, not going to hear it. I tell you what, I'm offended by this and I'm offended by that. I'm offended by these other three people in the church and I'm just offended. So he said, next, next time, you go, don't, don't give up. And again, this is not, not just about business. He's not saying, you know, let's, let's check out A, B, C, and D and, and let's make sure that we check off this list. Again, the, the motivation is love. He, this person has, has committed an offense and so now I go with a couple of people. And the reason that I do is not so that I can go find me a team so we can team up and really hammer a point home. The reason that that team is there, the reason that you've asked two or three to go with you is so they can establish every word that's said. That way there's no twist in the truth. They're there for witnesses. They're there to love as well. And then if they are, are not willing, and if they're not willing to hear you and a couple of good respected church members that come to go with you, then you're to tell it to the church so that the church can handle it so that the church can remove sin from the camp. And how do, you, how do we handle that? And we hear these words, well, we're to withdraw fellowship from, and that has been used to, uh, those words have been used very harshly over the years. And they, it's been at times have been, it's caused a lot of harm over the years. What the Lord is saying here is at this point, the church is to look at them as somebody that may be lost. Because they're not willing to hear two or three respected church members and they're not willing to hear the entire church say that this is an offense. And so, at that time, we're to pray for them like they're lost. We're to treat them like they would be lost. And how do you treat a lost person? You don't treat them like they got the plague. <laughs> We treat lost people like we love them, don't we? That's how we're supposed to treat them. Like we love them. We treat those who are lost. Jesus hung on the cross while men were crucified. He looked down and He saw lost people casting lots over His clothes while He hung naked before the world. And He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. There's no anger. They're not trying to get even, not calling down wrath upon them. Still loves them. 
The purpose is to correct the offense and put it behind us. Seventy times seven, 490 times. Jesus has forgiven me more than 490 times. He's forgiven me of every sin I've ever committed or ever will commit. And there's times whenever I make mistakes and I go to the Lord because maybe fellowship between me and He has been, been broken. And I go on, I say, Father, forgive. I, I knew what, what I was doing is wrong. I need you to forgive me. And He does. And fellowship is restored. That's who God is. The Bible says His mercies are renewed daily. Let us be like Jesus. Uh, again, tonight, I, I don't know all the reason for a message like this. I don't feel like we've got no problem uh, that you know people are just angry with one another or ready to fight one another. Certainly don't think it's here. Uh, but we still need to hear the message because time may come. And whenever it does, we need to handle it the way Scripture says and not the way we feel. Too often people are trying to do things the way they feel. And we need to follow the pattern that God left us in Scripture. We'll ask for a song.